Hello, you are listening to The Power of Investing in People with Shay Sparks. I had the honor of being on the show with Shay and wow, how authentic she is and how much I know that she wants to keep hope alive in the community. So thank you all for joining. And everyone here today, I'm offering a special to all active duty or retired military to my all access on-demand training where we learn how to dream, believe, and achieve our best life. Please visit at timlanefitness.com and I'll see you all soon. Enjoy the show. From being an Army veteran to becoming a coach and podcaster, Dan or Heidi shares his educational journey and how you find your purpose when your intentions come from a place of service. Stay tuned for his inspiring story. Welcome to the Power of Investing in People podcast. I am your host, Shay Sparks, Chief Excitement Officer of Sparks of Fire International, where we get you fired up about your life and business by transforming trauma into treasure. Check out my new co-author collaborative book called Hashtag Firestarters, How to Be a Spark of Hope in the Midst of Change on my website, shaysparks.com. And I invite you to connect with me on all the social media links there on my website, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube is where you can find me. And today, our guest is the incredible Dan Warheide. Welcome to the show, Dan. Thanks so much, Shay. I'm excited to be here with you. And Dan and I met just a few months ago on a Facebook group. Is that right? Uh, yeah, it wasn't that long ago, was it? Uh, we did. And it was via Facebook connections. Yes. Yeah. And um, since then, I, uh, I, I've i been on his podcast and now he's on mine. And so excited to see, to, to get to know you more and to where uh, you go next. So thanks for Me being here. Absolutely. Me too. I, I've, it's, um, I'm always interested in the turn of events. You guesting on my podcast. Now it's my turn to get a little vulnerable, I guess. Perfect. Perfect segue. <laughs> Perfect. So for those of you who don't know, Dan Warheide is the founder of Pro Growth VA and the host of the Pro Growth Podcast. He is a transformation coach and marketing enthusiast who is passionate about helping others break the barriers that are holding them back from achieving more in their businesses and their lives. His mission is to help more people better. And his unique background includes Army veteran, former story brand certified guide, former Ramsey Solutions master financial coach, 48 days seminar facilitator, and 48 days coaching mastery student. He enjoys most anything and everything outdoors, especially if it involves the beach and near water and and is still determined to learn how to surf. (laughs) His website, you can find him more at his website at progrowthva.com. And I'll have those in the show notes, of course. And so, Dan, thank you for being here. And I always like to start off with the first question of what does investing in people mean to you? That is a... Deep question to start with, so I'll thank you in advance. But what does investing in people mean to me? Well, you just read off my my newish bio. We're still working on it. Um, And and helping more people better is my mantra. It's everything that drives me. Um, I, I believe in investing in 
people. So I guess I'll back up and tell you the one thing I knew kept me in the army more than four, six, 10 years was the opportunity to impact one person's life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that turned into the opportunity to potentially impact another person's life. And, and, and when I say impact, I, I mean in a positive way. And some <laughs> of the things I was involved in allowed me to expand on that. I, I was, uh, I was a victim advocate for, you know, survivors of sexual assault for quite a few years while I was in the army. Mm. Uh, I helped facilitate training to trainers for the master resiliency program and and just helping people manage the day-to-day stress, as well as navigating complications in their relationship with their peers, their, their subordinate seniors and, and their families. So I, I, I wholeheartedly believe in investing in people and just helping anyone that is looking for that next thing. Mm. It's, it's, I don't know. That's, that's all of my reward. Yeah. I love that. And I love that you said looking for the next thing. And sometimes we don't even know we're looking, Mm. right. We just kind of stumble upon it and you're like, Oh, I guess maybe this is the step I should take, right? We're not even really looking. It's just kind of happens to us. That, it's a, that's very true. So one, one of the conversations I had recently, we were talking about that in particular, and it, it's sometimes we are blinded by the uncomfortable that we are comfortable sitting in. Yeah. And we can't get out of our own way to see what those other possibilities are, what those next steps might be. And so those, those are the, definitely the people I like to reach. I like to help them realize that there is potential, there is more. Um, and, and it doesn't matter if it's wanting to start a podcast because I've done it, you've done it. You know, if, if they come to me with questions, I'm going to do my best to help them find the answers. One of the things I love most is problem solving. So, uh, you know, that lends itself well to having those conversations and allowing allowing us to dig in and and see what that next step might look like. I love that. And and your motto, helping more people better. Is that right? That is correct. So tell me what better looks like. Mm. Can I tell you first that um, more is not necessarily a numerical value. Mm. Uh, I think it's important to clarify. And and it's intentionally grammatically incorrect. Um, Yeah. I'll just throw that out there because I am a marketing enthusiast. And when I landed on that, it was, it was, I thought, I feel like it's powerful. It certainly drives me. And that's really what, what matters to me mm-hmm. is what's going to keep me showing up every day. So more is not a numerical value. It's about helping that one person, making an impact in that one person's life because of the way that that lends itself to the rest of their life, the people around them. And that's the more, um, and better, better really is, looking every day at the things that we're doing, are we working towards making an impact in one person's life? Hmm. And so that's what keeps me going each day. That's what I evaluate when it comes to, you know, the things that people ask me to get involved in the, the different products or services that we're looking at potentially offering people. Is it aligned with helping people and helping them better? So profound. And yet really it's, 
it's about per it's deeper than that, right? It's really about kind of diving in and helping people find their purpose, right? That's what I'm hearing as you're talking, mm. because I feel like that's your purpose, right? Like your purpose is to really dive help people explore on what better looks like for them. Absolutely. My my purpose, if I if you don't mind, in, in of a course. in a succinct statement is to connect with and inspire others by helping them find the direction they should go. Mm, I love that. And, you know, so many times we get caught up in the details of that direction rather than, like you said before about being uncomfortable, about just the the comfort of the direction rather than um, getting uncomfortable in what's the next step. Yeah, and it's kind of ironic or, I don't know, oxymoronic maybe that, uh, you know, Getting comfortable or learning to to become comfortable in a positive comfort zone um, requires that we step out of our comfort zone. <laughs> so, we, getting out of the uncomfortable though is what's important. We're we're often because we don't know what's on the other side. That fear that you just mentioned, we don't know what's on the other side, so we stay in an uncomfortable place that we're familiar with. Right? The devil you know is often easier than the devil you don't. Mm. Um, so true. And I, you know, c- continue to elaborate. I know you haven't I jumped in there. <laughs> I don't know. You're fine. I, I was just going to say that, you know, and that's, that's really where I like to spend my time is helping people see that they don't have to put aside their hopes and dreams. Uh, they don't have to worry about being an overnight success because there's no such thing. All they have to do if they want more is to take that first step. And so we dig in and we find out what that first step looks like for you know, a a number of different things. You talked a little bit about some of my experiences and I I certainly, I I don't like to list them all, but you know, it depends on the scenario. Sometimes the others come up and I'm able to, I'm able to share that the lessons I've learned, the things I've invested in, the trainings that I've received and the, the opportunities that have been given to me allow me to sit down with someone and, and in a variety of scenarios and, just help them under uncover the simplicity of that next step. Starting a podcast, right? We, I, hmm. Elizabeth um, is my executive assistant support team, whatever we would like to call her today. I'm still trying to figure that out with her, but uh, she, she shared with me that she wanted to start a podcast. She'd wanted to start it for three years. And then we recorded an episode of our my podcast yesterday with her talking about her new podcast she's getting ready to launch. And it came out that not only has she been struggling to start that podcast for more than three years, but it stems back to when she was a young adult or or even a teenager in that she had thought about being a radio DJ. So Mm. that dream moving it into a reality is something that she expressed with me and shared with me that has just changed things for her right now. Um, so we just did some simple work to eliminate all of the potential barriers and identify a clear path to starting a podcast and and permission to do it imperfectly. Yes. And I think that's, you know, so crucial to understand is there is no perfect, perfect by whose standards, <laughs> right? Yes. So you mentioned the podcast and you mentioned, um, well, I mentioned in your bio, all the, all the other things, all the many other things that you do. 
So uh, let's just kind of take us back to uh, Dan as a kid um, going through high school. And was your direction always to join the army or was it (laughs) something else? That's a great question. And and here's where I start getting more vulnerable because um, I I don't know. And and I'll elaborate, but I, I don't know. I always had this feeling that I was searching for something. I grew up with a single mother for most of my life. My my father passed away when I was very young. Um, and uh, my two brothers and I, my two younger brothers and I, uh, I, I just, I watched my mom struggling and, and I learned the lessons of what most people learn. And that's to grow up and become responsible. There are certain things that we're supposed to do. Mm. One of them includes putting aside any dreams um, to be able to provide. And, and yeah. maybe it was internal, my family, my mother, my brothers, and helping support that atmosphere. But I wanted to go to work. I wanted to go to work. I wanted to be a responsible member of society and start contributing from that perspective. Um, at the same time, I saw what other people were doing. And I, I had already started my journey of looking for what that might look like for me. And, and it took a long time to get out of my own way, 40, 40 some years overall, <laughs> to get out of my own way and figure out that I don't have to do exactly something that someone else has already done. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a challenge for me. So it, it was a searching process for me. When I got out of high school, I went straight to work and, you know, I, I did different things, which allowed some of the experiences that I bring to the table, it's been a, a consistent pattern for me is doing different things and learning new things all the time. At some point, I, um, well, I was about to have a young baby and I realized that I needed to do more to support. So that's when the military came into the picture. I was 26 when I joined the Army. Wow. And that, that allowed me some breathing room, so to speak. But even then, throughout my journey in the military, I was consuming the books. I was paying for the courses. And I was just still, you know, those magazines or, or, or things that come out, you can go to the bookstores and you see them, you know, top 100 work from home jobs. You can start today or, oh, yeah. you know, all, all, I was always grabbing those, trying to find out what that thing was that always felt like it was missing. Mm-hmm. The truth is what was missing was my dreams. Mm. And, and I don't remember what they were then. Uh, but today I can tell you that Having moved into what is my current work, I don't know what the future holds, and, and I allow those feelings and what people are saying to me about the work I'm doing to kind of shape what comes next. But mm-hmm. now I can tell you that I feel like these were my dreams. Mm. Every day, I get to show up and I get to live in these experiences and these conversations that people come back and share things with me, like not only did a conversation with me impact the way they thought about their work, but it impacted their entire family dynamic. And before, before those, right. I didn't get to hear stuff like that every day. So now it's like, wow, I get to do this. Mm, Yeah. So that's me living out what I believe was my dream. Mm, I love that. And, you know, so many of us, I believe in this, and I say kind of mid stage of life, thirties to fifties, right. Is really looking at um, you know, what, what were my dreams Mm. and how, why was I told my parents, why was my parents directing me to be either a provider or to, to go on and just make money? Like, don't think about what you love. Don't think about your dreams. Don't think about what you're passionate about. Just make money. 
<laughs> That's right. You got to you got to go to college. You got to get a good job, and you yeah. got to got to have, you know, 2.5 kids and a white picket fence. And that's great if that's really what you want. But most of us think that or feel maybe we don't do it consciously, but most of us feel like we have to put that hope in that dream of being, you know, a superhero or whatever it is, firefighter, police officer, you know, whatever the thing was that you fantasized about doing, we have to put that away and, and go do the real stuff. And, and that's, Ah, oh, it hurts my feelings every time I see it or every time I hear it. And my friend Pete Evick, great guy, has a couple of candle stores. They're opening their third as we record this this Friday. But he's also a professional musician and travels around the country. He also is a published author. He wrote a book called The Moments That Make Us. And in that, he talks about what enabled him to be a professional musician playing on stage, touring in front of thousands of people each week. And it was his mother didn't tell him, I'm going to invest in you going to college. She said, I'm going to invest in whatever it is your dream is. Wow. And she put everything she had into helping him learn and explore playing his guitar. And now he's the lead guitar player for Brett Michaels. So wow, a lot to be said for that. And, and we, in the work I do, I see it all the time and, the com- sometimes it frustrates me, but parents are often still pressing that you have to go to college and yeah. formal education isn't for everybody. It's for some people and there's nothing wrong with it, but it's not for everyone. Some people don't thrive in that environment. And I think we need to do a better job of listening, understanding and guiding our children to the environments they thrive in. I completely agree. And speaking of education, so you went from working, let me get get this correct. You went from working to army to um, getting out of the army. Did you ever go back to college or did you pursue education differently? I, I did go back to college, but mostly because the environment and the leadership in the army was like, well, you've got to get your degree. You've got to do this. And so I started taking classes. And the truth is, I enjoyed some of them, but I didn't enjoy the environment, the experience whatsoever. I have just over 300 credits um, and and mostly because that's what I thought we were supposed to do. Um, And I've been to a couple of different schools. My latest was Liberty University. And again, leaving the Army, um, I retired medically, so went through vocational rehab and they put, you know, they put me into college and help provide some supplemental income as I take classes. And again, I found myself at this point where it's just like, why am I doing this? I don't enjoy it. I don't like being confined to other people's boxes. So So I did go back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I so agree. So agree. Um, And what about outside of that? I know that you've, um, you know, with the 48 days training and the Dave Ramsey training and the story brand training, Education doesn't always look like in a box, Mm. right? It doesn't always look like being at an institution. So uh, what was your thought process and your defining moment to shift into taking education in that way? Oh, man. So I've always explored informal educational opportunities. And I think the one thing that made me realize it was actually learning to be an instructor while I was in the army. I had the opportunity of going through the air forces instructor program, which is structured very much like 
if you were going to go to school to be a teacher. But it was a much shorter format and um, the experience was good. But then I started looking at, you know, classes that weren't college classes. I enjoyed the experience of going through those and pursuing those opportunities. And, and with regards to once I've transitioned from the military, I knew that I had to do something. And, and this is an interesting tidbit I'll share. Uh, I knew I had to do something. Um, I wasn't sure what it looked like yet. I, st- I still, again, I st- still don't know if this is what it looks like, but I'm working on it every day. Yeah. But I, I looked at, okay, I have to replace my income. I have to do something that I want to do um, and build something that I can say, yes, I did that. I wasn't in someone else's box. And so I looked at the story brand opportunity as a, as a guide. And it was an investment that uh, only took a short period of time. Um, what I found, long story short, is that I pursued those opportunities for all the wrong reasons. I was chasing the potential for income <laughs> before the potential for helping people. Yep. And and when I switched those, by the way, so pandemic last year has yeah. been a it's been a rough year for a lot of people, and I've noticed a couple things. But the first thing is, I experienced my year the most growth I've ever had um, since leaving the military with regards to my business. There's been a few shifts as well because of some realizations, not because of the pandemic itself or you know any lack of. It was everything I. I attribute to my growth was really about changing my mindset and my approach. I stopped looking for the income and I started looking at how can I take what I've done, the skills I have, the informal and formal training and education experiences and apply that in a way that's going to help the people I'm associated Mm. with. Yeah. And I had tremendous growth over the last year. And and I said, I'd, I'd noticed a couple things. The other one is everybody I've talked to who's experienced something similar over the past year, all had one thing in common so far, and that was their approach to business. It wasn't about the profits. It wasn't about saving myself. It wasn't selfish at all. It was everyone I've talked to has <laughs> this growth mindset. And how can we simply help people, yeah. help others make it through this? How can we serve people better? And those people, everyone I've talked to has experienced average or a tremendous growth over the past year through all of the hardship. Absolutely. And I, I know I have as well. And I feel like that I was always in that serving mindset. Um, mm. and Cause I think that's really what it is. It's about being a, of service, not focusing on, um, well, how much am I going to get paid for that? Yeah. Cause paid payment can show up in different ways, right? The, it's all depends on what you what your value, what you value. Absolutely. Absolutely. Payment for some people can show up and being able to spend more time with your family. And I think to get there, though, we have to look at what is the minimum I need to get by? What would allow me to be comfortable? And then what would allow me to do more than just the things I'm comfortable with? And none of them, I don't think, is a problem. I just think we need to know what it looks like. And and the hardest part, though, is right when I when I was transitioning from the military, I knew I was going to get, excuse me, at least a portion of my retirement. And I do. It helps to pay the bills, helps to pay the rent. Um, But that wasn't enough. And I was scared. I was I was worried about how I was going to provide for my daughter. You know, I had just gone through a divorce around that time frame and 
my youngest daughter was living with me and, and I wanted to make sure she had the things she needed. And I was scared about how I was going to do that. And so I went from a, a life of service to others to a somewhat selfish mentality, trying to figure out how I was going to make more money faster. And it, it, it was a roadblock. I just mm-hmm. couldn't see it. I had, I feel like it's a lesson I just had to learn because it allowed me to relook at how I approached money and my recognition of what do I need to survive? What do I need to be a bit more comfortable? And then if I can make more than that, what does that enable? And then I looked at how I can serve people better again and got back on track. <laughs> I love that. If, so correct me if I'm wrong, your intentions really changed, right? Absolutely. It, yeah. It became from who, uh, what do I have to do to what do I get to do? Absolutely. And, and that has shown up every day since it's again, wow, I get to do this yeah. and I get to do this every day. And, and maybe it's not every day, but the work I'm doing every day contributes to those conversations and opportunities and allows me to reflect back and say, yeah, I, I do get to do this every day. Mm. It's beautiful. So what was your transition like? Did you take time to really think about what you wanted to do next and explore, you know, try these different things with the story brand? Or did you jump in and go, okay, I got to replace the income, forget, forget everything I know or think about and just focus on uh, the money aspect and, and surviving? Well, so it started before my transition from the military. I was um, I, I was a Ramsey Solutions master financial coach, um, partly serving the military community through my various duty locations. It started back in 2011, and my transition from the military was in 2018. So I looked at before I was leaving. Of course, it, my time was cut short when I realized I was going to be medically retired versus uh, retiring a couple years later. Mm-hmm. I think 20, I think I would have retired this year actually. But um, so I digress. I, I was looking at opportunities to move into something. I, I knew, I don't know. I knew around the 10 year mark that when I got closer to retirement, I was not going to pursue the traditional route. I came from the intelligence community. Most of my peers inevitably will work in government contracting or a government job um, that almost relates or directly relates to the work that they've been doing. And I just knew then that the people aspect is what kept me around. And, and that wasn't going to fit in a contract position as an intelligence analyst. I just didn't see it. So I wanted to pursue those books and ideas and all the things that I still didn't have answers for. And, and I knew that I needed to figure that out. So that's kind of what led me to um, considering as I got closer to transition, building a business as a, as a financial coach. And the one thing I realized was that I had no clue how to market myself. And that led one thing led to another. There's some connections there, but story brand was introduced to the community of financial coaches at the time. And Mm. I was like, wow, that's intriguing. It's, a simple framework. And I love simplicity. I love making things simple. And I was intrigued by being able to tell stories better. So I looked at opportunities and I had already realized I enjoyed teaching slash coaching to some extent. And I saw a certified guide and I was like, guide, what is that? 
So one thing led to another. I became a certified marketing guide. And um, I'll tell you, starting a business as a certified marketing guide or agency, whatever you want to call yourself, um, you still have to know how to do business. And again, the money aspect, right? It was more about this would allow me to potentially earn more income in a shorter period of time, wrong reasons, wrong time. And I did not have the experience I needed then to do all the things associated with selling marketing services. Uh, and I found out that I don't enjoy design work. Uh, I'm not very good at it. I don't enjoy it. And I didn't have the money to outsource it. So selling marketing services was hard. <laughs> However, I think what you got from that was really being the ability to really help people clarify. Yeah, I think so too. Um, looking at it, I, you know, I still do work right now. Uh, a lot of my income comes from serving. So serving the story brand community, I work with a couple of guides and I provide them with the technical implementation side of marketing activities. So helping them manage email campaigns and CRM functions and those things. So I, I was always really good at the technical aspects, just not the design work. And I could write email copy, for instance, or website copy, but I don't enjoy doing that nearly as much. Mm -hmm. I enjoy the technical aspects because it allows me to problem solve. I mentioned early on my, I love problem solving. Um, but yes, it also helped me start looking at things differently and, and simplicity of the things that people are facing, not necessarily messaging, but I can help with that too. But it's really about helping people see things in a simpler light that allow them to go. Yeah, I, I can do that. Clarity. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And you know, so for those of you who are following along and taking notes on Dan's story, um, what he really realized was that when he, he started not chasing the money, it, it was no longer about um, what he has to do, what he, what he gets to do, what he chooses to do. And it is not a, um, a linear movement. It is all over the board. And sometimes you have to connect with the right people, have conversations that lead you to something else that leads you to your next step. So when you think you have a plan and you're saying, okay, the next five years, this is my plan. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to build this business. It's going to go X, Y, and Z. And then you get in it and you're like, okay, this isn't it at all. <laughs> you really have to be able to recover, to step back and go, okay, and recover without, you know, taking yourself out, going, that's it. I'm done. I'm going to go get a real job. I'm throwing the talent. And Dan, you didn't do that. You really, you know, stood your ground and said, okay, what else can I do? How else can I get through this? What, what would be a, a great next step for me? And so many people stop there. So good for you for continuing to do the work. Thank you. Um, yeah. It, it, and it's not easy. You know, some days are harder than others, uh, especially when you're lacking in the financial aspects. It, it, it becomes even harder. But I was determined for sure. Uh, and if I don't, if you don't mind, I'll share one other Please. thing there. It, I do feel like that's where people get stuck. And, and I think it's our view of failure that causes people to get stuck. And, and yeah. I, somewhere along the lines, decided another mindset shift, right? 
that it wasn't a failure. It was a lesson I needed to learn. Yes. And I'm able to pull from those experiences now as part of what I'm doing today. And if I hadn't had those experiences, I wouldn't be able to do the things I'm doing now. I wouldn't be able to have impactful conversations the way I'm able to have them now. And I wouldn't be able to show up the way I am now. Mm. Uh, They weren't failures. Looking back on every one of them, it would be easy for someone on the outside to say, well, you failed that, you failed at that, you you made this mistake and that mistake. And us, yes, yes, I did. Um, but they were all valuable lessons that either I needed to learn or were just learning opportunities along the way. Mm, beautifully said. So uh, my own backstory is I went to college for computer science because that's what I was told in high school, get a job that makes you lots of money. And then after second semester, I was like, I hate this. This is not for me. And I thought the exact same thing. Like, I cannot be in a box. I can't be sitting at a box, (laughs) in a box all day long. And so I uh, moved to a bigger city to live near my dad. And when I got there, he said, you have a week. So I what you're going to do. You get a job, go to school. Mm. I'll help you in either way. And I looked in the phone book because that's what we had back then. Right? <laughs> yes. And um, there was a community college and then there was a cosmetology school. So I literally drove to the community college, sat in the parking lot, looked at the building and was like, oh, my God, that's another box. I can't do that because then I would be going and sitting and doing the same thing over and over again. And so and that wasn't working for me. So why would I want to do that again? And I love a lot of different things. I love to learn a lot about a lot of different areas, but there's a whole lot of things I don't like. I don't want to write. I don't want to take four more years of English and math and science and biology. No, give me things I want to learn about. Talk to me about business. Talk to me about, you know, maybe how the body moves and anatomy and physiology. Talk to me about those types of things, but not the things I didn't want to know. Right. So when, so then, yeah. So then I went to the cosmetology school And um, that's what I did. But I went at it with the same mindset we've been talking about is the money mindset. I literally said to the owner, what can I do in the short amount of time to make the most money? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And she said, you can go to school to be a a nail tech, a nail technician Mm -hmm. takes takes nine weeks. And I was like, done. Uh, Sign me up. And, uh, I realized uh, probably within a week after graduating, I was like, I don't like this, (laughs) (laughs) uh, looking back, it's because I'm sitting, I am, uh, I guess, you know, this generation calls it ADHD, (laughs) hyperactive, (laughs) right. But for me, sitting still is very difficult because I like to be active. I like to be moving around. Mm. So standing as a hairstylist all day gives me that ability to do that, right? To, to move around. Yeah. And so then I knew at some point, literally my whole career, well, let me back up. So I knew that that's when, and I'm at 19 years old and you talked about the mindset shift. I realized that life wasn't happening to me. It was happening for me, mm. number one. So all the things that I had done was happening for me to take the next step. It was propelling me forward. It wasn't holding me back. Yeah. And so I looked at going to a computer science college or college for computer science, not as a a failure. I looked at it as what did I learn from it? Exactly what you said, a learning opportunity. 
And I continue to think about that. Like my parents got a divorce. My dad moved here for me. So I could then have a better opportunity. At the time when I was in high school, when he was getting a divorce, it was the worst thing ever. I didn't think like that. But now I'm like, in my wise years at 19, I was like, wow, <laughs> this is a learning opportunity. Okay. This is a place for now me to, to shift how I am looking at life. And I was always thinking, well, what's next? Uh, you know, eventually bodies break down there. You can't stand you know, 30, 40 yeah. years. Right. So <laughs> what, what, what does that look like going, going forward? So always in the back of my mind, I call it like a, a, a cog on a wheel, right. That the, the wheels are moving constantly moving of what's next. What does that look like? And I knew that going to a university again, putting in myself in that box was not for me. And so 12 years ago, I took a class. Uh, well, let me back up. 13 years ago, I left the, sal- the corporate salon that I was at and I started mm-hmm. my own. And I had been wanting to be uh, the CEO of that. I had been, you know, in my mind, I conditioned like, forget starting a business. I just want to be CEO of this company eventually one day, this corporate salon. Sure. And, and it was, it was, you know, a good goal to have. And um, after... Uh, they had closed two locations in the area and um, everybody funneled and every client funneled into one location. Mm -hmm. And we had a mass exodus of people quitting. It went to everybody leaned on me to carry it. And then the vice president came in and had the meeting of uh, somebody asked, you know, what's going to happen if we keep losing people. Right. And instead of that was his opportunity to really, dive in and invest. And instead he slammed his hand on the table and he said, if you're unhappy here, and he didn't say it that nicely, but he said, if you're unhappy here, you can leave. We will restaff. Isn't that a sad state? Yes. And I thought you're not invested. We've been invested. I've been invested. I've been saving your ass for all these years, all these months with all of this stuff happening. And now that's how you're going to treat me yeah. No. And so after I left and started my own six months later, they actually called me back to offer me a partnership. <laughs> so I could be on that track to be the CEO one day. And I had the opportunity to turn him down. And I suggested, I came back with a counter offer of becoming a consultant And what's so funny about that, I really had no idea what that looked like. I just kind of knew that that's where I was wanting to head, right? And within, um, and then they didn't take it. They didn't want to pay me what I asked for is really what it is. And then um, about a couple months later, or maybe a couple months later, some time went by, we'll put it that way. um, I was in another salon, uh, another corporate salon, just because they were, they had sold a lot of product. It was having a sale. Everybody was talking about it. And I had never been in there before. So I went, bought product. They were like, Hey, do you want to, uh, have you been here before? And I said, no. They said, do you want a tour? And I was like, sure. So they gave me a tour. And as I'm walking around, I'm literally like noticing like, that's wrong. Why are they doing it that way? Ha, ah, that, that makes me cringe when I see that, mm-hmm. you know, all these different things, areas that were issues. And as soon as I walked out of the door, I thought, huh, if I'm not consulting for this other place, maybe I should be consulting for them. And that led me on the path of becoming, um, taking, like you said, informal education, 
different classes online just to see, you know, what do I like? What do I don't like? And here we are 13 years later, I'm a certified fearless living coach and speaker and trainer and author and podcaster. (laughs) And I love the story you shared about Elizabeth in the beginning, because her and I have that in common. I used to play back with the tape recorders. (laughs) My grandma didn't have toys at her house. So she had a tape recorder. Oh, we used to do that too. (laughs) Man, did we sound horrible. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Cause we used to sing. That was our, our oh, okay. We, we would it. sing and record it on those tapes on the recorders. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Looking back on that just now, I, I remember they sounded awful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember listening to myself going, I have the worst voice ever. Why would I ever think I could be, um, you know, why do I think I could ever do this for a living? At a little kid, you know, like five, yeah. six years old. Why did I? But you're just playing, you don't know. You don't know. So Dan's going to come out with his new single soon. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> There's things I know I don't do well, and singing is probably on, on that list. And that's and, okay. And yet we learned from doing that, right? We learned that, you know, playing with that tape recorder. Now look at we, what we're doing now. We're, we're literally recording our voice all the time. Yes, yes. Uh, which uh, clubhouse I, I know we're not always recording on there but that's been a good experience for similar reasons it's voice right and yeah just the ability to have those conversations with people is you know, it, i think is good and podcast is one way to have conversations but i like the clubhouse experience because it's a bit more interactive <laughs> i love i love the podcasting piece and i love the opportunity to just talk to the people who have given me their time um, and, and, you know, if we're talking about solo episodes, especially, you know, I'm still talking to people who've given me their time. They've chosen me for whatever reason. And uh, I'm invested in that going back to your original question. And yeah. uh, I, I enjoy that, but I also enjoy some level of direct engagement like clubhouse or a, a interview on a podcast. It brings about a different experience, uh, but I do enjoy it. So. Well, there's something about connecting, right? That I think mm. as a society, I think if anything, but the, the great pause of 2020 is what I'll call it, um, <laughs> has taught us is how important connection and connecting is. Yes, absolutely. Well, and since you brought it up, there's, <laughs> there's another one. I, I, if you look back, even now, I think in the midst of the pandemic, or at least as we're looking at people, states, sort of reopening and we won't get into all the craziness, but if you look back to pre pandemic, you start looking at the Walmarts and I hate to name names, but the big box experiences and all of the work that they've done to remove the customer service side of what they offered initially. And so initially they were these great experiences. There's something new. You could go one place and get everything. There was direct engagement. Right. But then they started removing those components. And if you look at their their numbers, generally speaking, they're all going down. And one thing started going up. And it's all of your historic little downtown areas that were crushed by big box started to revitalize and started thriving. And it was and people were not minding paying a little bit more because they got that direct engagement community and connection that they didn't realize they were missing. And so I see that 
trending. I saw that trending before. I'm still seeing some of it um, through the pandemic. And we have definitely brought light to people crave that connection. And now more so than ever, which is if anybody out there is looking to start a podcast or looking to do you know, videos, interviews, start a community of any type, share their experiences now is an ideal time to start. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you don't have to have all the answers. You just got to start somewhere. Mm, can I share something else? Of course. <laughs> Dr. Fred Jones, friend of mine, um, I interviewed him early on in my podcasts, and uh, he, he shared something with me that kind of sticks with me in almost every conversation I have. If we talked about all of our different experiences and the informal versus formal education and all the things, by the way, I went to school for network engineering starting out. <laughs> But um, so uh, we, we talk about all those experiences and all the different things that shape us to, to who we are and what we show up as today. If we don't do our part to share those experiences and messages with other people, we're depriving them of something they desperately need to hear today. And so for that reason alone, whatever your message is, I encourage you to start sharing it, whether it's blogging, podcasting, writing other venues, uh, outlets, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, um, or speaking, right? All of those are new opportunities to share your message. And you might think that no one wants to hear what you have to say, but there is at least one person. I completely agree with you. And I used to say this quote um, at the end of most of my uh, episodes in the early beginnings. And it's, I kind of lost sight of it, but it's so true. When we share the lessons learned from the obstacles we've overcome, we ignite a tiny spark of hope, love, and connection in others. Mm. And when we light that spark, the whole world lights up. And that's all about helping more people better. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love that. Yeah. And you're, and you know, at the end of the day at, the, the cellular level of all human beings, that's what our needs are. We need love, connection, belonging, and community, a family. You know, Absolutely. We need those things more than anything else. And I, for one, being uh, during the, the shutdown for two months, and de- my business was deemed non-essential, so I was no longer working in the salon, mm-hmm. And alone, like uh, living alone, I realized when I went outside, I was like, oh, my God, there's another person (laughs) and just happy to see another person rather than on TV. It was just and even if I stood there and talked to them across the street, you know, it was, hey, how you doing? Because you people are craving that interaction. They're craving connection, collaboration. And, you know, you mentioned all the things about the business. It's time to do a business or podcast. I realized this early on. And I, that's how I created the co-author collaborative book of fire hashtag Firestarters. Mm. It was so needed uh, in this day and age. We are so um, behind the screen, so to speak all the time. And so it was really about getting out just connecting. So even if it was still connecting on a, on a business level, but it was also connecting on a, you know, building your friendship circle as well. Community has been one of the most important components of my transition 
and starting a business and growth, personal, professional, all the things, community and connection has been the thing that has yeah. made all the difference. Yeah. And this is why we're best friends, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Love it. So, uh, you, you know, we've talked about so many amazing things and I'm just wondering, you know, what do you want to be remembered for? What would be your legacy? Mm. I want to be remembered for making an impact and, and changing the world around us, you know, one person at a time. Mm, beautiful. And you are doing that every day. So thank you. And thank how, you. how can people connect with you? Oh, well, so um, send an email to me, dan at progrowthva.com. Always happy to, you know, meet new people, have productive conversations and find out what, what, you're working on. Uh, but you can also connect with me, Dan Warhide, on all the social media. I'll make sure you get the links for that. Shay. Okay. Okay. And so LinkedIn and, and um, Facebook, all the, all the things, right? Yeah. All LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, Clubhouse. Clubhouse, yeah. And Instagram. Uh, I, and I try to show up on them. If you send me a message at any of those, I will reply. It may take a day, but I'll get there. Nice. And do you have... Um, uh, your website again. Say that again. ProGrowthVA.com. Awesome. Thank you. ProGrowthVA.com. And it has just been an honor and a pleasure. And the time has just flew by. Uh, I can't believe it's it's time to let, let you go. But um, so I always like to leave with this question of what phrase, scripture, or mantra are you living by right now? Helping more people better. Mm, beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. And I think it, it comes from many places. So I'll just leave it at that. Shay, thanks. I, I really appreciate the conversation. Um, it was another productive conversation for me. Yeah, of course. I think all conversations are productive, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it just depends on how what you take out of it. Yeah. Well, thank you for being here. And if you enjoyed this episode, because I know you did and probably may even took a few notes, please go over to the Apple podcast and give us a five-star review and tell us what you think. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you next time. Hey, don't turn this off just yet. Does the thought of collaborating and connecting with a diverse group of creative thought leaders appeal to you? Do you have a compelling story and don't know where to start? Have you ever thought about writing a book and thought about writing the whole book is overwhelming? Well, we are looking for you. We want to connect and collaborate with other podcasters, coaches, and entrepreneurs who want to gain exposure. We are looking for other people who want to co-author a book with us. You can find out more details at firestartersbookproject.com.